Hello, and welcome to G Talking All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York. Both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen. Listen closely for the true messages about friendship, morality, and brotherly love. Because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics, from love and relationships, to family and politics, and of course, friendship. Again, welcome to G Talking All That Jazz. Enjoy the journey and buckle up. Jazzy, Jazzy Mac, what's going on, good brother? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good, my friend. I'm feeling good. Yeah. No complaints on my end. You know how they say I'm blessed and highly favored, my friend. I love it, brother. I love it, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Listen, we had a little bit of snow up here, up north, you know, just a little sprinkle over, man. But of course, you know, New Yorkers, man, us northerners, we keep moving. We keep doing what we do, man. So, um... Yeah, we had some yeah, ice down here day. as well. We had some ice down here as well, and um, a couple of inches. Um, you know, and it was interesting. I think people. I don't know if it's survival. I don't know if it's um, some type of marketing plan. I don't know what it is. Um, people going to a panic when it's going to be inclement weather and just raid the grocery stores, man. So I went in a couple of grocery stores, Kroger's and Walmart, and it was just like nothing on the shelf. And it, you know, and it was like a, a quarter inch of snow outside. So I don't know if people going to a panic. I don't know if that's just it's know. a southern thing. It's just a southern thing. You know yeah. what it is, man. Yeah, you have no budget for snow removal and so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in New York, we build that into our budget. We know that we have huge snowstorms, man. We have a budget for snowstorms and mm-hmm. snow removal and salt. Mm-hmm. Down in the south, you know, we went to college down there in Maryland, man. It'd be an inch of snow on the ground. They shut everything down. And we out there playing football in the snow, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's what that, that's a, that's so, a southern thing. Yeah, that's, a, that's the stark difference between, I guess, um, like you said, um, living up north and, and living in the south and warmer regions of the, of the country, man. But yeah. That's what's that's up, it. man. That's what's up. So we got an interesting show today, man. Yeah, we, we got. We're talking is, about this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one, I think. You know, yeah, especially so, from different perspectives. Yeah, man. So I have to like you know before I do my public service announcement, so my public service announcement. Excuse me, I have to do some uh, a little disclaimer because I think a lot of people are going to be tight with me after this. After this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about you know, black fraternal organizations. And we're gonna talk about it very honestly and candidly. And are they, you know, still uh, relevant now compared to in the past? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And, and um, everyone, especially everyone in the, in, the, in the frat has an opinion about this. And so we're not representing our organizations. Yeah, I want to say that too, man. I want to uh, represent, you know, I, I'm a Prince Mason out of the state of New York. And I just want to state, you know, my disclaimer is I am not 
representing the most virtual Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the state of New York, where the most virtual Walter C. King Jr. Grand Master at present presides. Mm -hmm. Only he can speak for Prince Hall Masons of the state of New York. I'm only going to give my perspective as a Prince Hall Mason who has been a Prince Hall Mason for the last 22 years. Right. And, and in the same vein, I'm not representing the entire um, uh, fraternal fraternity of Alpha Phi Alpha, but I am a financial brother. I'm good. I'm in good standings and I have all the rights and privileges as an alpha man. And so that is my perspective. So if I say something that make you get a little tight, I'm Beyonce, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna be our disclaimers uh, for the show. So let's start off with this, Jazz. Right. Let's start off with you, man. You know, mm -hmm. you've been in the fraternal organization of Alpha Phi Alpha Incorporated for how long? And I pledged back in 1985. I crossed the burning sands on March 16th. So I've been in the organization since then. And I, pledged, pledge that, I pledged at Bowie State University a to Zeta chapter, shout out to my brothers in the A to Zeta chapter. And it was an absolutely life-changing experience. Um, coming from Harlem, New York, coming to a, a Southern school in Maryland. Maryland is the South because it's below the Mason-Dixon line. Coming to, coming to a, a Southern school, um, getting that exposure, to um, college and college life, HBC, HBCU spirit, man, and just, you know, being blown away, being blown away by seeing people who look like me. They mm. look just like me. These guys look just like me. These women look just like my sisters and my mother. And here they are in college and they serious about school. They serious mm. about the education. And, you know, being on the campus, you get a look, you get a look, you yeah. see the other fraternal organization, you see Omega Psi Phi, you see Phi Beta Sigma, you see Groove Phi Groove, you see um, Kappa, Kappa Alpha, Alpha Psi, Psi. you see yeah. all these organizations. And as a young guy, right, not exposed well, to this stuff. Speaking of young, how old were you? Let's I start was, there. I was, I was, I hit Bowie's campus when I was 17 years old. What year did you pledge? What year I did pledged, you petition? I pledged, at, I was 19. By the time I, crossed, 19 years I was old. 19, mm -hmm, I was 19 years old. And so being exposed to this and not and not um, being a first generation, someone first generation to go to college and go to away to college. So I didn't have I didn't have any type of um, mentorship. I, I was I, I became the blueprint for it. So yeah. you're down on campus and you observing, you're observing all these these fraternities. You're looking at all of them. You're giving them all a look, and then you, you you're looking at the one that matches you, right? What, what properly matches me, and so. So that's why, and is that, is that the reason why you chose Alpha Phi Alpha over the other um, uh, fraternities? That's that. That is that is the reason why it it fit it fit perfectly with me. So let me put it like this. Okay. The image fit perfectly with me. What do you mean by that? The image, what I mean by that is that all of organizations, you know, um, black Greek letter organizations have an, have an, have an image. You talk about the capitals, they call themselves pretty boys. You talk about the Q's, they're the Q dogs. 
right? And so everyone has an image. And when I, when I was exposed to the alphas, which I, which at the time there weren't that many on campus, but then when I was exposed to them, they blew my mind. Like these mm. guys blew my mind. I remember it, it was one night and we was in front of Holmes Hall and, and they would step in and then brothers start saying, calling on that Boso team. <laughs> We're the meanest team you ever seen. Oh, mm -hmm. just wait and look how fine. So all those things, you know, attracted me to it. And it was relevant to me, G, because mm -hmm. I'm 19 years old and I'm rough around the edges. I still Harlem, New York. Harlem, New York. I'm still New York. And these guys embrace me. They embrace me. So we, we talk about Alpha Phi Alpha, you know, we talk about it, it's about the better making of men. And mm -hmm. so going back to, I can only go back to 1985 and how I was embraced and accepted um, and not judged. And with the understanding that I was a little rough around the edges. These brothers mm -hmm. knew that and they accepted me. And I can talk to the end of time and then to the end of time about how I am so indebted to Alpha Phi Alpha and, and how it was relevant in my life. Okay. So, so I, ran you... my, I ran my mouth enough. So you tell, yeah. me, you tell me about your experience as a, as a Prince Hall Mason, right? I just found out something and I didn't know this before. There's different types of Masons. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. right, so well, you can talk a little bit yeah, about that. Sure. So um, again, I became a Princeton Mason uh, 22 years old. I was a grown man when I uh, joined the organization when I was 34 years old. And um, I had family members that were, were Masons, but didn't know any Masons. At least I thought I didn't. And one of my childhood friends, you know, from the projects, uh, of Harlem, New York, Prescott Harris, I learned later on that he was a Prince Hall Mason. And I just one day, I was watching him, man, and he was that guy that was to, you know, do flips and, you know, and he, you know he he was rough around the edges, if you know what I mean. You know, Prescott, mm -hmm. he, used to be, he used to be 40 press and, you know, girl chasing press. And then one day I seen him, man, and it seemed like he had a, a light on him. It seemed like he had a glow on him. It, he had a different step. He had a different walk. And, and I was around with some of the bros one time in, um, in front of the building. I was like, yo, what's up with Press? And it was like, oh, you ain't here? Prescott, man, he a Prince on Mason now. I was like, what? I said, yo, man, I've been, one, I've been dying to, you know, join that fraternity. And I'm like, yo, so I remember running up on him, man. I said, yo, Press, man, listen, I heard you a Prince on Mason. Yo, bro, I want to get down. And Prescott was like, Ehh! like, slow your roll, you know, like, take your time, bro. You know, like, you know. You know, I let you know when you come in. And he and, and I, every time I seen him, I'm running up on like, oh, press, it was good, man. You know, I'm gonna get a petition, man. You know, you know, let me in. What's going on, man? He was like, yo, you know, take your time. And he made me wait two years. Mm -hmm. I had to wait two years, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and becoming a Prince or Mason, you know, you have to know one to be one. You know, you have to to be one. You have to ask one. You know, and so you just don't come in. You have to come in. Somebody has to recommend you. To come in, you got to be of high moral standards. You know, um, the Masons have a saying that says, "We take good men, we make good men better men." You know, so we, it's not like the organization where, oh man, you know, this guy he's trying to find his way, and 
you know, he has some trouble out in the streets and, you know, so you're, we, we're going to bring him in and we're going to brush him up. No, no, no. You have to already come in as a good person. You already have to come in with those morals. You know, we have a saying that, you know, you don't we don't conform to you. You conform to us. So we upright men, you know, you have to be upright men already. And we make upright men, good men better. Mm. And it goes with our teachings, you know. Mm. There's a, you know, there's mm-hmm. a there's a process you go through, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm a as a as a dean now currently for my lodge. Shout out to my lodge, Dapper Lodge Number Fifty Five of the Most Worshipful Prince or Grand Lodge at Sydney, New York. Worship Master um, uh, uh, Howard Sanders at current at present presiding as our Worshipful Master of our lodge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have a theme when we bring brothers in, man. You know, they have to go to see study classes. They have to learn the lessons of what it is, the tools and symbols that we use that, you know, these allegories that we use to demonstrate on what you should be as a man. You know, it's about building you internally, you know, taking tools that that that, that regular masons would use like, uh, you know, to build buildings, but we use those tools symbolically and spiritually to build our own edifice, which is, which is us, our mind and our body. So it's a lot of teachings, a lot of lessons that go on with it, you know, and it's a it's a great fraternity to be in when it works. When, it works. when brothers so come in, mm-hmm. so let's talk about that. So so are are, are black fraternal organizations are, are they really still relevant now? So we we're, we're, we're going we're, we're going we date, we've dated ourselves. We gave our background, and so mm-hmm. we we went back a little bit. And so are they, are they still relevant now to this new this new generation? And what's your thoughts on that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't speak, but so much. But to say that I can tell you that it's different now than it was back in the sixties and seventies. You know, at least with the Prince Hall Masons, mm-hmm. we were more out there in the political scene. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were at the march on on D.C. with, with MLK. You will see mm-hmm. Prince Hall Masons right from my jurisdiction that was down there. You know, mm-hmm. we had people like Sugar Ray Robinson, who was a member of my lodge of mm-hmm. Joppa Lodge Number Fifty Five, A. Philip Randolph was a member of my lodge. Mm-hmm. You know, we have great, you know, David Passon, you know, was a member of Boyer Lodge number one. These are all great Prince Hall Mason. Martin Luther King was a Prince Hall Mason. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at one time back in the 60s when no church in the South would allow Martin Luther King to speak at their church because they were afraid of the Klan. But the Prince Hall Masons guarded Martin Luther King and allowed him to speak at their Masonic temple. Mm-hmm. And they got they stood on the roofs and rifles and it because it meant something to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have we are as dedicated as we were back then. And so therefore I would say no. Do you think that is a general do you think it's a, a generational thing? Do you think that Absolutely. I, do you think that and, and, and why would you think why would you feel that is a is a generational thing? I do believe, man, that the internet has killed us. I do mm. believe that, you know, social media has killed us. I do believe that you know, uh, uh, the PlayStations and uh, uh, Wi-Fi, that ha- has killed us. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, you know, especially for black men, let me just say this, that Prince Hall Masons are the largest fraternity of men of color in the world. Mm-hmm. We are the largest fraternity of men of color in the world. And nowadays, it doesn't really mean as much no more because, you know, we professionals now, and now, you know, but back in the days, those uh, regular masons were janitorial workers, they were craftsmen, whatever. Now we got uh, masons that are executives and whatever, so they don't have as much time to put into the fraternity as we once did. Do you, you know? think that, do you think that 
the challenges in society has changed and that's why I've, the relevance of fraternities have changed as well yeah it you, has, mentioned, man. you mentioned that you know back in the 60s and 70s you know we had the civil rights movement mm -hmm. happening then and and so we had to come together more we had to you know we had to um definitely for black men we had to um lift each other up um because of and so media and support each other and hold each other down mm -hmm. but every every decade is, is, is something you know we was fighting for our, our civil rights we, we, we fight for our freedom then we was fighting for our, our right to vote then we fight for civil rights mm -hmm. you know then we was fighting against vietnam war and we all had to uh, had a mission and a goal something to fight for nowadays man I don't know if we are as close or, or, or we, you know, I just don't see it. Do you think it's even important now? Because, you know, part of my, I think part of um, me wanting to be in a fraternity was to belong. You know, it, it, it not necessarily from like a gang mentality, but to be part of and, and to be part of a family. And for me, pledging was becoming part becoming part of that family it was my desire to become part of that family to become part of this 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 thing that was bigger than me in a sense and and i think that that was for me that was that became the, the greater the the the, that the greater good more, well it became mm -hmm. more relevant to me once mm -hmm. i became a member because you know i realized that it wasn't lenny doing these things anymore it was Lenny the alpha alpha yes that was doing these things same here i think the same i think i joined because man that brotherhood is the most important thing like i have brothers now in this fraternity man that man i don't know how i live without them at one time these brothers man were up there for me they're mm -hmm. there for my family they're for my children man they're, they're, they're there for there have been times man when my mom has been in the hospital and my fraternity brothers will show up at the hospital and be mm -hmm. here with my mom mm -hmm. until I got there. Mm -hmm. You know, on the strength that they're just Prince or Masons and I'm one of them. You know, mm -hmm. they'll call you doing sickness and distress and, you know, somebody passing in your family, they there for you. So that brotherhood piece is still there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still there. I think we need to be more out in the community. We should be doing more charitable things. And I think for the most part, we are. Like we do the, some community service. Can we do more? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But as far as is it relevant to most people, to, to, to are people running and knocking, jumping in the door, to knock on the door to be Prince or Masons now? I don't think so. So I, it sounds like, you know, fraternities and sororities as well, you know, are is, is probably at, you know, some type of inflection point, meaning that you know what makes organizations and what makes our organizations is membership we still have yeah. to bring in new blood and so membership is going to keep the organization alive keep the legacy alive so how do we how how do we appeal when i say appeal i mean well how do we select if we're saying that that the our, our fraternal organizations are no may not be any more be less relevant than they were in the past. So how do we attract and how do we select candidates that will add value and to continue our legacy in, in both of our organizations? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, with that, within my organization, recruiting is a no-no. We can't go out and I can't like, you know, you're my best friend, you know, we, we you know, I can't go out and, and recruit you. Oh, come on, Jazz. I want you to join. I need you to be. We don't do that. We don't recruit. That's mm -hmm. that's a no-no. 
I'm saying here is to be one, you must ask one. Someone must ask. They have to do it on their own free will and accord. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that we have in mind. So when you take these obligations that you take when you join our fraternity, you know, you have to do it because you want to do it, not because your best friends say, I should do it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that we don't have. We can't recruit at all. And then the other piece of it is the only way we can is that the, the ones that we currently have, they have to shine more. They have mm -hmm. to step out more. People we have to be more, more seen out in the community. So people go, oh, wow, who are those brothers? Oh, those are the Princeton Masons. They just put a bunch of money together and help this community service center or they help this homeless shelter or they doing they out in the street doing this, that, and the third. And then that would make people gravitate to us. We have to be very careful on who we bring into our fraternity because if you bring somebody that's a rotten apple and we just don't know he's a rotten apple, other people who see that person, he, he's a Mason. Oh, I don't want to. If he's associated with it, I don't want to be associated with it. So, 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 so I'm, everyone, I get feedback, and everyone says I always argue with you. <laughs> so I'm gonna argue yeah. with you on this one. Of course, so I, I, I disagree because the processes are different, right? So, mm -hmm. um, Alpha is, is part of the Divine Nine, which is part of Black Greek letter organizations, but intercollegiate organizations. So mm -hmm. you must attend college. Um, and then you can have the opportunity while you're in college or post um, um, a graduate, you can pledge within the organization. So it's, 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 it's connected to the fact that you had to uh, attend college, right? Right. So, so that's a machine to me. You guys, that's your factory. Your college, universities, state college, that's your factory. Right. You guys have a factory to build your organization. But going, right. to, going to the premise that you, you just discussed was that you have to come already put together, right? Yeah. So I think fraternities, Black Greek little fraternities, the concept is different. You really have to come where you are and wherever you are is just where you are. So it's almost like the concept, um, the Marine concept is that you come in, you join the Marines and you ain't nothing but a grunt, you're a maggot. Mm -hmm. And while you go through their process, of physical activity, learning discipline, learning brotherhood, um, learning to uh, take pride in yourself and pride in what you're doing, you eventually at the end come out as a Marine. So mm -hmm. Alpha Phi Alpha is similar to those, to that process, is that I came in, I was a grunt, man. Mm -hmm. I know I was a grunt. And I know that that I, I, I was judged. I was judged G for years mm -hmm. by older alphas that I was not mm -hmm. alpha material. I mm -hmm. wasn't. And it was a struggle. It was a struggle for me to be accepted. And here's the, here's the, um, I want to say it's almost like a, a, a dual membership. So you have your undergraduate brothers, right? That's on campus. And these are your, you dudes, your grad right? brothers, right? And you mm -hmm. have your grad brothers who are more seasoned, who are in the world, you know, um, and and on a higher level right mm -hmm. and but on the campus you have your your undergrad brothers and these brothers love you mm -hmm. they love you mm -hmm. but then you have older brothers who have more wisdom have more experience in, in the in the organization mm -hmm. and they look sometimes they can look down on you in a condescending way bro i had to deal with that for decades yeah yeah and but we we're not disagreeing you know, mm -hmm. we're not disagreeing. I don't think you're disagreeing with me at all. I just, I'm just saying to you that as Prince Masons, we're on the grad level. You know, that's how we're looking at. We don't, we don't want, you know, 
brothers that are 18, 19 years old. You can't even join our organization unless you're 21 years old. You have mm -hmm. to be grown. And mm -hmm. then you have to come and you have to be well recommended. And then you have to be investigated. You know, we go through, we go to your home. We sit down with your wife. We sit down with your kids. And if you even if your wife says, well, you know what? I'm not comfortable with him being amazing. You know, as far as we're concerned, it's a done deal. Because we believe that if your household is in support of you being a Mason, then you will be a better Mason. You can't come to us rough. You got to have a job. You have to be employed, gainfully employed. You know, we don't, you know, we're not care most, we don't care about your education, but you have to carry yourself like a grown man. You know, a lot of brothers in our organization, they may even have a college degree. Mm -hmm. But they they run a business, you know, they've been in business for 25, 35 years, and they're some of the best masons you can ever find. We have a lot of political dudes who are in government, they're controllers in their government, you know, you have senators mm -hmm. in our organization. We have police officers and firemen in our, and then we also have sanitation, and we have bus drivers and, you know, blue-collar workers as well. But it's about the character of the man for a Prince or Mason. We don't mm -hmm. care, you know, you can't come to us you know, raggedy. You can't come to us, you know, yo, what's up, man? And, you know, you can't come with us, you know, without yourself being part. You can't come with us if you're not articulate. Mm -hmm, We're not looking mm -hmm. at brothers like that, you know? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's the difference, but it's, it's not, I don't think you and I are arguing. I think, I think we, you giving me from the, the, um, the college collegiate perspective, the difference between the college collegiate with the undergrad and grad. We are like, you know, we always call ourselves, we the grown, grown ASS man, um, fraternity. You gotta be a grown man coming into organization. We ain't looking mm -hmm. for boys. Let's talk about let's touch on one thing before before we wrap this up. Do right. You, do you think that um the, the type of members that are becoming um part of our organizations, do you think that there's there's some type of issue in terms of the selection process? Or do you feel that your the process that Masons carry or or the, the, that the process that happens within your fraternal order is a a good vetting process. That's what I'm trying to say. How do no, it's guys... flawed. Mm -hmm. It's flawed, man. Because you just don't know. You know, do we do a background check yet? Yeah. Do you have to have a background check before you come in our organization? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to also to specify this. Every state is sovereign to itself. So what we do here in New York is different from what they do in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. What they do in New Jersey is different from what they do down in Georgia. Every state. Prince Hall State is sovereign to itself. So I say, I, even, even our, our process, it's flawed because a dude can pass a background check but be a horrible person. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know who you got until you get it. We mm -hmm. have a thing where we say, you know, we have check it flaws and it's, good, and it, and it's symbolic of good and evil. Mm -hmm. If you have good and evil in the world, you can have good and evil in your organization. Absolutely. You know? So we got to do our best job to vet those, those bad apples out. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, but, you know, Jazz, you know, but before we close out the program, man, I mm -hmm. know we have some good information regarding our demographics, correct? Can you just share, you know, where we are showing up in the world, man? You have anything you want to share with us, our, our viewers and our listeners? Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised today, man. So I did a deep dive into our analytics and, you know, gee, when we started this podcast, man, it was just about you and I talking to each other, just just chopping it up, keeping talking like, garbage, talk. staying in contact. Same thing with I'm doing, a New York, doing about Georgia. nine, ten Since, years old. Exactly. That's all but it's about. I, you know, this thing has become um to me, man, almost like a, a um almost like a, a little movement, man. And I and I just love the work that we're doing, man, in a general sense. I love the topics that we are we're hitting on. And I think that we we are 
providing some really good content on a, on a very, very authentic level. This is just my outside observation as Dr. Lillian McAllister, because you know I am Dr. Lillian McAllister, right? So you're a food stamp. I'm a food stamp. Yo, you're a wet t-shirt. <laughs> you're not even a movie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> not even a hyphen. You're not even a hyphen. Exactly. Well, any event, man. I just want to you know just say to all our listeners that we're we're just we're just so humbled um by your support. Um and as we grow and we're growing. So, you know, I was blown away that our podcast is being heard in every continent on the planet. We have listeners in South Africa. We have listeners in France. We have listeners in Australia. And it blew me away how many listeners we had in Japan. It just blew me away. We have listeners in Latin America, in Mexico. It's amazing. And so in Canada, Vancouver. So for, for all those who support us all around the world, here, even here in the States, we just, we humble, we are humbled by this. We are very humbled by this. And we're going to, we're going to, our, our goal is to, is to stay authentic, to, to uh, provide content that is relevant and content that, that will make you think and just, just be our, our authentic selves. This is, this is who we are. And, and um, you know, we ain't cut no corners. This is who we are. Exactly. And this is just G talking all that jazz. Just to be honest with you guys, this is just really real talk. This is about best friends being friends for over 40 plus years. You know, we don't, how we clown each other is how we clown each other. Whether we, whether we on the podcast or not, this is how we talk. This is how we get down. Mm-hmm. And if you want to catch up to our old podcast, just go to www. G talking all that jazz.com. Mm-hmm. You'll find all of our old podcasts from talking about sexual abuse, talking about the cure, talking about loving your vagina, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, political stuff. You know, I'm we pretty have sure you gamut. do love your vagina. I'm pretty sure you love your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to say that. So disrespectful. Bro. I so know. Disrespectful. Bro. I know. But I'm just gonna say this once again, bro. Yo, Jazz, I love you, bro. I, I appreciate you, you man. Before, 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 Go ahead. Before we close, before we close, yeah. it, would, it would be remiss of me not to um, just publicly um, um, disclose that my to my organization and what my organization means to me. Um, coming from Harlem, New York, um, making his way Brothers took me in, and I always say I, I was pledged by grown ASS men. And these brothers took me in, and they shaped me, and they molded me, and they stuck by me, even when I was doing negative things to make the organization look bad. I can just go, like I said, I can go on from the sun up to sundown to just talk about what this organization and these men have done for me at Bowie State. University Ada Zeta chapter. I can go on and on and on. And I'm I'm indebted for the rest of my life. And for the rest of my life, all I could do is try to represent myself as an alpha man and make you guys proud. Do you want you want to give out give a 06 on that? Um when you're alpha, you really ain't gotta do all that stuff. I leave all that, I leave all that nonsense. Ooh, I leave all that, yeah. all, that all, all the other guys, you know, we just say, you know. 
we used to, we, listen, we used to, we were on campus and we was pledging. I'm telling you, man, this was one of my favorite chants, man. So we used to say the song, it says, we are the Finksmen and we're moving up slowly because we're pledging now for with some bad mother, shut your mouth. See those <laughs> frats, I know you do. Don't want to be an Omega Kappa Sigma fool. Come together, uh-huh. pledging alpha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Always, zoom, zoom, zoom. Listen, man, I still feel that way. You got me hyped on that one. You got me hyped, man. You got me hyped on that one. Man, I love it, man. Great show, brother. And uh, to all our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in on us. Um, I'm G. And I'm Jazz. And this is G talking all that jazz. And we're out. Peace.